Love Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Of 
Or to find a balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence
this Earth Day time period that we're in here and helping us to celebrate that time period. And also, I just cover basically a whole variety of different topics and tools and resources and thoughts that I share that allow for personal explanation, you know, give you some universal insights on things, expanding your perception basically of how life works. What I do in my own work is I am a code interpreter and I interpret a person's life codes to allow them to live a life filled with compassion. I've also created the Genesis Clearing Statement and that's something you can check out through my website where other people have interviewed me. Um, I've authored four books, the most recent being You, Me, Life Dreams and its companion workbook, which are relationship books. And then my first two books, Activating Compassion, it's um, companion workbook. And then I'm also a collaborator on a fifth book called Embraced by the Divine, A Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose. And I've also created the True North Tour, which is a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, book signings, seminars, events, all kinds of things that are going on. And I, I've been laying a little low on that end. I know it. <laughs> but it's because I'm regathering and regrouping some things, and I'm bringing out this amazing work with codes. And it's, it's not always the easiest thing to know how to present that live. <laughs> but I do have some amazing events that are going to be coming up as I start to tour again, and I'm kind of shooting for 2017. Um, where I'm going to be doing healing around the earth and people can join me in circles um, to do earth healing and things like that, as well as actual events and workshops um, that they can participate in, like six-day intensive events and and, uh, one-day or full weekend events or things like that, where we really delve into what the code patterns are all about. So I'm in the process of putting it all together, um, but it's, it's a tough balance to find some days. So just putting that out there. And then you can follow for all the events I have going on or, um, you know, videos and all kinds of things. I, do, I have all kinds of things. That's just check it out on my website, jessianmickelsgeorge1.com. And just a reminder, if you do enjoy the show today, and, and I know there's going to be some really fun stuff that we're going to go over today, um, just, you know, share it with somebody because I know when I click the share button, somebody already always goes, oh, my gosh, this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun or this looks really interesting or that's just what I needed and then they get into it and it's like, wow, I never thought about things that way and it, it opens a whole new realm for them and, you know, it's, it can be life-changing for people. It's amazing. We think, hey, it's no big deal. We just hit the share button. But for some people, it's life-changing. So all of our Main Street Universe shows are available uh, through podcasts at iTunes, tunein.com, as well as at the same link that uh, you used to come into the show today and they can listen to it at their convenience on there. So there we go on all of those little bits and pieces. But those that have listened in before, you know that what I like to do here at the beginning of the show is delve into a book called The 72 Names of God, which is done by Yehuda Berg, who is a Kabbalah master. And Yehuda is really cool because he's this kind of more universal approach to his his work and his work is really about bringing the big concepts into the everyday language where it makes them easier to grasp how we can implement them and how to work with them. And I love that about his book because that's kind of the way I work and that's kind of the way I function. So every week I just turn the page in the book and see what comes up. And this week our common name with God that we have is self-esteem. Pretty cool. And I think that's going to be actually 
a good one here for today's topic that we're dealing with, and you'll see why as I go on with this. His little initial message on this is, instead of surrendering our fate to rabbis, priests, medicine men, doctors, lawyers, or other consultants, the 72 names, and this name in particular, empower us to establish our own connection to the light and thus to solve our own problems. This is the original self-help technology. The insight that he goes on to give on this is, when the souls of humanity were created, they inherited the DNA of their creator. According to the sages, this God gene in our soul remains dormant until we activate it through the technology of Kabbalah. And, of course, I'm a little more open. <laughs> I'm a little partial to my codes as well, but that's his, his work is Kabbalah. And Kabbalah is a very powerful system. I have to admit I really like the Kabbalah system as well. It then becomes unleashed in direct proportion to our personal transformation and ascension up the spiritual ladder. Ultimately, we have the power within us to resolve all our troubles. You see, God does not normally answer our prayers. We do. And as we grow, transform, elevate, and evolve spiritually by confronting our own chaos head-on, not freeing freeing it by escapism or pseudo-spirituality, our own spark of divinity and godliness glimmers with ever-increasing brilliance. It is in us. It always has been. And the meditation that he goes on to give is, with the divine energy of this sequence of letters, you are connected to the power of the ancient high priest of the temple of Jerusalem, in Jerusalem to heal and establish wellness in all areas of life. So it's a pretty cool name that we're working with this week. And again, the common name is self-esteem. And the formal name is Hey, Hey, Hey. That's right. Simple as that. Hey, Hey, Hey. And uh, I always post that, by the way, on my page of the Main Street University tab on my website, jessianniclesjorts, the number one.com. And you can go back and reflect on this during the week, read it for yourself. Um, I like to do that a lot. I like to, to go back and work with something for a week or so and just sit with that and see what's coming up for me because it always seems to apply. Now, going on with our thoughts here before we get into the show, and this just It's going to kind of put us in the direction that we're headed today. What connection do you share with the earth? There are so many different things that people will come up with when asking them this. And people connect in so many different ways. And it seems that it is often very personalized of an experience for most people. And I've seen everything from no big deal to what connection to I feel it pulsate through every cell of my body and beyond. However, most people still look at their connection with the earth as a sort of experience, like being in nature or listening to the wind blow through the leaves or any other numerous experiences similar to that. However, it is far fewer people that look at the deeper layers of connection that exist for us. And this is the connection that really brings us together as one with the universe. This is the connection of interconnectedness or one. And this is the connection where it is so deep that we actually mirror each other. Have you ever thought about why so much of what is happening in our earth is happening? 
There are plenty that will just paint a doom and gloom picture that there is nothing that we can do to help the earth. They place blame on everything out there, from chemtrails to global warming and so much more. And this only feeds victim mentality. They have no idea that in reality they are creating more issues for us to deal with. However, when we look at what is happening to our Earth, we can actually learn a great deal about ourselves. Earth is our visual for where we are at as a collective. And what I've noticed is that Earth responds to the space that we are in, what we are thinking, feeling, and doing. And this is not just a physical thing orchestrated by heart for the elite. I really feel it is time for us to step out of pretending to be the victims of a crumbling earth, powerless to do anything. And the reason so many of these things exist is because we have turned over our power and stopped functioning from deep love as a collective. Yes, there are plenty of people out there full of love as individuals. However, as a collective, we are too busy being greedy and overpopulating the earth, depleting our resources, and so on. But this is not the greatest place of destruction. The greatest place of destruction comes from the lack of compassion, and it comes from not caring and being mechanical, going through life like robots. And the greatest destruction comes because we have been choosing to live in fear, control, hatred, anger, and all the things that could fall under the seven deadly sins. And we have placed the material world as more important than heart and soul and bought into the programming of fighting one another and living in our addictions. So many also sit and wonder, when will the world change? That is simple. It changes when we do. No, we don't have to all take a vow of poverty or give everything up and live like gurus. However, we do need to have a change of heart. Earth and the heart are very closely related in so many ways. And in my realm of codes, they operate on the same energy current. And that current is peace and love. Earth is designed to live on and on and on. But to do this, it requires us living in peace and love. And in addition, it will do what it needs to do to help us accomplish that. It will shift and change not only by what we think we, what we think and what we do and what we feel, but to help us make this evolvement into an existence that so many would like to see, where harmony is not only possible, but alive and well. And the earth does this through things like weather patterns, natural disasters, shifts in its axis, and many other things. And when, we, when our love is dried up, the earth also dries up. And when our love is held back or deprived, the earth is also deprived of vital nutrients. And when we live in turbulence, it also becomes a turbulent space. So many wonder what Eden was like or remember simpler times where they could really enjoy being outside without wearing masks or wonder what was being sprayed into the air. They remember when water was safe to drink and the skies were truly blue and not some distorted shade of, of it and, 
They remember when nature was not crowded out with buildings and city after city after city. All of this is possible for us. Everything is possible to be cleared, even if science says otherwise. Now, the earth is our home, and when in this physical body and most likely behind the real meaning of beliefs and scripture that say keep your house clean, you will be in greater connection. While many have connected this to the body, this is also connected to the earth. And it beckons us to not only love it, but to be loving with each other. To live a loving and compassionate life with ourselves and all others. And this is not about activism, but about being centered in the heart with an open, flowing connection to spirit and the divine. The turbulence on this earth will not stop until we choose to stop being turbulent within and with others. And it is really that simple. It is all it takes. And with each person that makes this choice, the earth thrives. And the power of living and love gratitude, compassion can turn this earth around in a heartbeat. It can shift and heal so fast beyond physical explanation and reason. And this shift starts with each and every person. With every person that chooses this space of compassion, they will help others to remember the joy of this space too. And this continues to cascade. Each and every person matters. And their choice to live from an open, loving, compassionate heart makes a huge difference for this beautiful home that we have been given. And will you shine your light and look from your heart connection with spirit and the divine, allowing the earth the opportunity to show us just how beautiful and wonderful it is? She has loved us all these years. Isn't it time that we return that love? As it takes so little to make such a huge difference? That's a big question, and we make it a big thing, and it doesn't have to be a big thing in the sense of our efforts. A lot to think about this week. I know it was kind of a long one (laughs) in there, but it's an important one for us to think about because we're at Earth Day right now, and this is an important time for us to set forth new patterns. We're in powerful, transformative, changing times. And as I've said before, this year in particular, what we set forth is what we set forth for the next many years for ourselves. And this is the the blocks that things will start to uh, develop from, that the transformation shifts from. So we definitely want to make that precedent going forward that we are doing more, that we are coming from the more heart-centered space. Now, the code energy for this week is all about resonating and vibrating in peace and love. And it is about realizing that our own immortality, it's about realizing our own immortality. Ah. (laughs) That was kind of a tongue twister there, wasn't it? And in that peace, Um, more so about operating with wisdom in order to overcome the trials and the difficulties of life. And it is about being conscious of how we will be remembered by others by choosing wise actions. So not so much our, uh, you know, from an ego aspect, how's everybody going to think about me, 
but what is the imprint we're going to leave here? And while we are not here to live for their approval, it is important to be conscious of these imprints that we are leaving with the people and situations that are a part of our life. Know that if you are being challenged at this time, that you can and will get through these challenges, emerging stronger than ever before. And how you handle things in life and how you treat others will be what you are remembered for. I'm going to be taking a short break here, and when I return, I am going to be talking about what is happening with Mother Earth and what are the messages that she is sending us to help us live here. And the song I have for you today, I'm going to shake it up a little bit, uh, going back to some people who were on my show about a little over a year ago, and that is Jim and Ashley Cash. And um, those that know them know but they're very passionate about the earth. You know, they definitely come to us with Atlantean and, and Lemurian energy and just, just a beautiful, beautiful couple, husband and wife team. Um, and they have brought in some amazing work that they are doing some sound healing work. They're in the, near the Washington, D.C. area for those that are out that way. Um, but this song is called Moving um, Mountains or Move Mountains. And uh, it really, if you get a chance to go on and watch their videos on YouTube for this particular song, I recommend it because it's really powerful. It's a live performance video that they do of this song, and it's all about the fracking going on and how we are moving mountains and how mountains are coming down uh, as a result of it. So here we go. This is by Jim and Ashley Cash, Rolling Green, Moving Mountains. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
moving mountains stand aside, gonna lay the hillside low. Thank you. Thank you so much. Little uh, applause there from that <laughs> live person on there. Like I said, if you get a chance to. Uh, Check out their video that's uh, under Woven Green, I believe it is, uh, on YouTube. And, uh, you know, their their website, uh, let's see here, I think it's Woven Green, W-O-V-E-N-G-R-E-E-N.org, O-R-G, um, is another place you can check out their work. But, yeah, if you go to Woven Green on YouTube, you'll be able to see the actual video for that song. And it, it's so powerful and so incredible and they're just doing some really wonderful wonderful you know work in this world so to say and and i've just watched so much growth with them and you know the last couple of months and and it's going to be really interesting to see what they continue to bring forward with everything on the show on uh on their work now again welcome back and um you can you know check out all of their work there we today are talking about what is happening with our earth and and the reflection that that shares with us and shows with us and you know here we are at earth day once again um and it's so interesting earth day is uh, kind of like you know christmas in a way <laughs> because you know christmas time that's when everybody starts to think about being generous and kind and giving and you know, Earth Day is kind of the same way. It's the one time a year that they stop and think, oh, yeah, we should start taking care of our Earth. Well, you know, hopefully the the, the, the idea is, is that Earth Day goes so far beyond just what can we do to recycle, what can we do to, um, you know, assist the Earth on a physical level. And when I talk about codes and we start to look at this, what we really realize is this power of one that I talked about a little bit at the beginning of the show through Yehuda's message. And through that God gene, we are connected to everything and everyone. It's not just other people on this planet, but it's all the plant life. It's all the animal life. It's the earth itself. And, and we have this direct connection. And what I've learned through working with codes in particular, I mean, I've known this a long time, but what I've especially had resonate and driven home with me with codes is that these energetic frequencies that we emit, that we receive, that we have going on are so incredibly important to ourselves, to others, and to the earth, to all life. And what happens is when we allow ourselves into these sort of, if we want to say, crazy spaces, be it through addictions, be it through um, getting wrapped up in the whole material side of life. And, you know, I also made reference to the to the seven deadly sins, also known as the seven vices and virtues, right? And when we look at those, those are really kind of a cool guideline for uh, you know, letting us know where we're connected and disconnected with spirit. Um, it's, it's very, very interesting to delve into on that realm. But, you know, there's so many things going on in our earth today, and, and we get a lot of the conspiracy things out there. We get a lot of the doom and gloom. And, and you know, for me, it's like it's 
fine to be aware of all of these things, but we really don't want to sit around dwelling on all of them. You know, we want to start to learn how do we bring these compassionate um, approaches in? How do we approach things without feeding the doom and the gloom and, and the stress and all of these, these pieces? And I, I want each person to hopefully take away today this, this aspect that as you learn the information I'm sharing today, that you have power within you. That, that, that it starts with you. It starts with the way you choose to feel. And, the, and that is going to spread through people. And that is going to come in and have an impact on our earth. And I'll tell you, love moves mountains. Love has this amazing ability to create miracles in what we call spirit time. And, you know, what could take thousands of years to turn around in earth time could take seconds to turn around in spirit time. So, it's important for us to always keep in mind it is absolutely not only possible, but something that we can create if we're willing to choose it. And that is shifting the earth and shifting what's happening and shifting what's going on. But let's take a look at some of these things. We we had Jim and Ashley Cash talking about the moving of the mountains, which is related to the cracking that is going on. Um, and we'll delve into some of that. I want to mention, too, also, that when we look at the codes of the earth, what I found very interesting as I was preparing for this show, and, of course, you know, I go through these things. <laughs> I go through these things so many times, and then and then I come back on something that's like, oh, yeah, 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 that, that's a really great piece, <laughs> you know, as I'm going back preparing for a show. And um, because there's so much information in my head a lot of times (laughs) that it's like when something hits, it really hits. Well, what's interesting is codes that Earth is under is specifically connected to the eight-pointed star. It's connected to Venus, and it's connected to peace and love and ancient wisdom. And it's also coded to the energy of being superior to any trials and difficulties, and it also is about an energy, it runs on an energy pattern of immortality, and that immortality assures us of future blessings. And if we choose to operate as a collective with peace and love on this earth, we will experience the immortality of heaven on earth pretty powerful thought just to start off with, isn't it? I mean, this is big stuff. So that tells me if there's a creator out there, <laughs> and, and we, there's, people have all their own thoughts on this, but if there's a creator out here, boy, they really put some thought into this. You know, they, they, may, have, they may have had their trials and errors with, with other planets and influences out there, but when it came to Earth, they said, nope, Earth is going to be the heart. Earth is going to have this centered peace. And I'm going to make Earth so that it can't be destroyed. <laughs> wow. Think about that for a minute. That it actually runs on those codes. Now, that being said, people go, whoa, wait a second. But we're headed for this and we're headed for, you know, all of these things and what about this piece and that piece and the melting of the ice caps and all of these different aspects that are going on. But when we look at it, 
it's meant to have immortality. The question is whether we're still going to be here <laughs> in that process. Because if it's got the immortality energy, that means that it's going to take care of itself based on whatever it needs to do to survive. And that's not necessarily a reactive thing, but that's coming from a greater space of love. It's saying, I'm going to hold this vibration of love. So it's been holding this amazing, amazing vibration here. And part of what's happening is we're not doing enough of an exchange. We're not giving back enough. And I don't mean just taking care of the soil and the air and things like that, which we need to do, but we're not giving back enough. And that's why we're starting to see these different depletions of things around the earth um, going on in there. Now, when we look at Earth Day, which we're upon now, um, and, and oftentimes people celebrate that over a week or so, here we have a lot of things that will probably be going on this weekend and next weekend in relation to Earth Day around the world. And when we look at the codes of Earth Day, what we find is a lot of success energy. We find a lot of energy that is related to the redemption energy, which is really cool. And it also shows protection from those in high places and success with future plans. So when we combine that in (laughs) and we look at these different components and we say, wow, so Earth is this love and peace vibration and that will be successful. That's a pretty powerful thought to think about. You know, again, that love vibration, it's almost like Earth was created to help us raise up as a collective soul. Um, On one hand, of course, we're all perfect to start with and we're living in all of this illusion and gaining insights about all these things while we're here, but in another sense, we're already whole. So it's, it's a powerful place to come. You know, it's a powerful place to be in a lot of ways. So if we look at that reflection from a reflection aspect, then looking at Earth reminds us that we are, come from, do have peace and love, ancient wisdom, and immortality. And that all connects through that so-called God gene, if you want to say that. That all comes from being whole. And and Earth's vibration is to remind us of that each and every day in here. Now, when we go on to look at the fracking piece, and it's very interesting because when we see the fracking, that is about responsibility. And that is about gaining insight and wisdom through observation. And it shows that the strikes and the trials and the things like that are teaching us and that that's how we're learning. So it tells me that there's a huge lesson that we're in the process of learning with this fracking. Um, and, and we see it in a lot of things because it, it continues to cascade as we 
you know, not only are laying down the mountain, literally, from this process, but we are shaking things, we're loosening things, where uh, things are constantly adjusting. You can't crash one thing down and deplete its minerals and pull things out and then not expect it to do something other places <laughs> because energy is always interacting with energy. So when you have that happening, then what we see is that's going to create a cascading result, kind of like when an earthquake hits, it shakes the earth. Sometimes you get that boom and it drops, but then it keeps rattling through for miles and miles and miles, shifting the earth and shaking it up. It's the same kind of process. If we look at fracking in relation to earth itself, we then get a whole new understanding that starts to come through. And that piece is about showing us that there is support for the fracking. Um, It shows us that there are those that have power and control that are supportive of it. And that is a big influence for us. Um, And so we have to start thinking, how are we going to do the replenishment? But here again, you can't play with nature, as I like to say, (laughs) and think that you're going to be God of it. you know, we are in a human body, and any time you affect nature, one thing that nature is meant to do is to survive and to balance. And that's exactly what it's going to do, and, and that is going to, to create the cascading challenges. And nature will, will say, hey, you, you just can't get away with this. You know, you can't do this and get away with it. So we, we probably still have some hard lessons to learn. We're starting to see the results. Um, you know, and, and that's where it's, it's telling us. The reflection is we need to stop more. We need to observe more. We need to learn. We need to learn, and we need to operate from that space of wisdom. That is the piece of what's happening on our earth, and what's happening, just like the mountains are coming down and The soils are being depleted. Many people talk about their bodies being depleted. They talk about feeling tired, worn down, crashing down. We see a lot of people that have mineral or nutrient problems going on right now, just like the earth. And we see a lot of people crashing down, just like the earth, when we see cracking. So it's a really huge piece. Now, another really big piece that people are always talking about in the conspiracy areas is that of global warming. And what's interesting is because here again, global has this really beautiful energy, but when we bring in the piece of warming, we also bring in a caution. We bring in a warning as in... You know, we are foolish to think we, we're acting like fools, feeling that we can do whatever we want to do, and it's not going to be a problem. 
Well, what happens to the fool is the fool awakens, but the fool only awakens when in danger, as they say. And when the fool awakens, it's usually like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) you know, my life is at risk. So global warming, as we're putting this together, shows that, yes, we can have success, but we have to be careful of some of those successes because we are acting foolishly in some of the successes that we've had. And we are headed for grave danger. And this is the interesting piece as we put these things together because if Earth has immortality energy and we're headed for grave energy, grave circumstances, so to say, and danger, guess who's getting booted off? (laughs) You know, guess who's not going to be here? And when we bring this together as as a complete energy pattern, then what we start to see with it is we see that the global warming is coming out of people trying to control things, people trying to command nations, and people trying to do this. So really this desire for power and control is what is creating the global warming more than anything else. That kind of comes back to what I mentioned earlier when we look at those vices and virtues, right? And that falls right into the vice of greed. So global warming is actually connected with the vice of greed. It tells us you're being too greedy. Yes, you have the power. Yes, you've achieved to a certain point. However, it also is warning us that we will be wrecked by our own stupidity in this process, okay? It's not showing a very favorable future for us. It doesn't mean all life. It doesn't necessarily mean the earth, but definitely for us because it's our reflection that's coming up, and we need to pay attention to that. When we connect that with the earth, what we find then is that Sure, we've got dominion on earth as human beings over the plants and the animals and and other life forms. But it also is reflecting to us that we're creating a lot of upheaval and a lot of destruction. And that is what happens when power is misused. Misused and abused. And what that lends to is that lends to energy patterns of the unknown and the unexpected. And when we step into that space, that is what we're seeing more and more with our weather patterns. Unknown things are happening. Unexpected things are happening. And we hear about it all the time around the earth, right? This is going on. Wow, that was the coldest winter. Wow, they you know, didn't even get a winter basically on the East Coast except for the one day it dropped three feet of snow. Yeah, <laughs> it's the unexpected. And so power misused. And that should be a big warning to us that, hey, we need to come back. We need to let go of trying to control everything, especially something like Earth, and start working with it. We need to open our hearts. We need to open to the compassion. 
because this huge control piece, guess what? It's in, you know, you've got upheaval. And it's also showing us in a reflective space that there's a lot of people on this earth that are feeling upheaval in their lives. They're feeling their lives being destroyed right And here again, we can change this at any time. We have to choose to step back to the love. We have to choose to step back to, you know, not relying on the external world, so to say, to make us happy. You know, we've got to start being there. We've got to start emitting the love. And then we step into a place of power that won't be destructive for us. So that's a big thing to think about. When we look at the destruction of our rainforest, our rainforest destruction, man, this is a big one because the sign of this is warning us that we need to be providing for our future. It's saying, hey, you've gotten to a point that you're operating recklessly enough that you may not have a lot of future left. And this oftentimes comes to us because we've had all this promise, all these possibilities that have been shown to us, and then they're taken away. And we're seeing that a lot when we look at how our world leaders are handling things. We see that a lot when, you know, we are promised, oh, yeah, you can have your family and you can have your home and you can have this and you can have that, and then that's taken away from us, okay? It's that pattern of the dangling carrot pattern, as I like to say, and what that does is that's breaking down our trust. It's breaking down the trust and it's creating opposition and it's creating competition. And when we're in this pattern, we're constantly having to start over again and over again and over again, okay? This is where these aspects of wars and battles and things like that also can fall into this category, but it's about this competition, and we've been bred and programmed to compete, compete. Everybody's your opposite. Everybody is opposing you. That's what we're programmed, and you've got to compete against them, but it's not true. It's not true. And... The rain function is that sign, that reflection that is saying, okay, it's time to get with the program and it's time to start thinking about our future. It's time to stop being so selfish and not caring about the generations that are coming up. And if, if we think this isn't affecting them, Take a look at all the viruses in the world. Take a look at all the kids that are being born with challenges these days, autism, dyslexia, all these things. And it may not sound like a big thing, but they're coming because of this destruction. They're coming because of these choices we've been making along the way. They're kind of, you know, These things are happening because we haven't been providing for our future. We've been too too busy saying me, 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 screw the rest of the world. And on one hand, yes, it is all about us and we need to take care of us first. But that doesn't mean that we lack compassion for the rest of the world and what's happening in this process. Chemtrails, oh boy, that's one of my IC points, I'll tell you. <laughs> 
but I know it's not the worst thing out there. And I think that's another thing is that when we see these things happening and chemtrails is a good example, just it really gets to people and what does it do to them? It makes them angry. It's like, darn it, they're spraying the chemtrails again, you know, right? Automatically in that space, we've pulled out of our love, disconnected, and gone into this anger space. And, and what we should be thinking of doing is, you know, I, I like to relate it to the way we pray. We've been, t- we've been taught to pray in a way that places people as a victim and doesn't help them and actually can cause them more suffering. We do the same thing when we get angry over these things. And instead of sitting there cursing the chemtrails in the sky, what we need to do is we need to stop and get connected and send some loving energy to the sky and the earth. That's what we need to be doing. Now, the chemtrails, which is a really interesting piece with them, is chemtrails are about isolation. Yeah. And, and think about that, because isolation, which comes out of power, and when we talk about that kind of pattern, and it, it is a pattern where it places you in a financial disposition. In other words, you know, we, we look at this from the material realm usually, but it's also that position of not being able to take care of one's physical needs in the physical world. And chemtrails, what they're really about is somebody basically coming through and saying, ha, 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 we're smarter than you, we have control. That's the energy of chemtrails in a nutshell. This is, this is uh, an energy that is telling us that we need to start choosing to set aside some of the material things and realize hey, this isn't what's going to make us happy. This isn't what's going to make us happy. What we need to do is start taking care of the earth. And it's showing us and reminding us that we can be all powerful but we have to be willing to let go of our material world addiction to do that. So it's a big, it's a big piece. But when we look at the loneliness, the isolation piece that happens, that's the energy that's being set out by chemtrails. What that's telling us is you are isolating. We are isolating as a collective from divine presence, from the very source that can help us. It's also telling us that we are being isolated off in many ways, that those that are holding the command are trying to isolate us. So why would they do that? Because that is the number one fundamental principle when you want to brainwash people. And, and I don't, you know, you can take that wherever you want. You can call it heavy conspiracy or whatever you want to say, but, the reality of it is is any abuser who wants to brainwash their victim and have absolute control over their life, the first thing they do is isolate them from love. So when, we, when they're spraying this, this is actually isolating us from divine presence. This is actually creating a shield in a way. It's actually um, taking us out of our heart-centered space, which is why when we look at something like this, the first thing we can do that would be so valuable would be to sit down on the earth, get grounded, bare feet, bare hands, onto the earth, and start sending love to it. Because it will shift our vibration and keep our connection. And it will, it will keep us 
from receiving the further crazy programming, if you want to, the chemicals that are sprayed. It's not just about damaging the air, but it's about what's coming in. And if we look at the parallels, air is related to our thoughts. Air is connected to our communication. Air is connected to our mind. And so by putting these chemicals into the air, the other parallel that we find in the observation is poisoning of our mind. And just like they code things when, you know, they, they, they do these things and they put the implants and stuff in through the immunizations, you know, it's not just about the viruses and, and, and the physical compounds that are in there, but, you know, the other things that, that microchip, you know, that they can do and just a liquid. Now, look at it. That's how they microchip animals now is through a liquid shot. Okay. So think about that. They spray these chemicals in the air, and it's like they can track you, and they can do It's amazing. It's amazing what they can put into that if they want to do it. So what they're doing is through this is poisoning the mind so that they can isolate you off. But something we have to be very careful about when we look into these pieces. Now, when we look at chemical use, because that follows with chemtrails, right, <laughs> and we look at the chemical use, Again, this is being supported by those that are in power. This is being supported by those who want to maintain command. And what the youth piece does is also very interesting because these are people, they're spraying chemicals, and then they're convincing you that this is beneficial for you. <laughs> they're playing two sides of the fence. You know, on one hand, they're, they're running over to their other little you know, ruler friends and saying, ha, 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 look at how we're commanding people. Look at how we're taking control of their lives. And then on the other hand, what they're doing is they're coming through saying, oh, look at how these crops are going to grow better now. Look at this. If you just spray this on there, you won't have to deal with ants or you won't have to deal with us. They're setting forth murderer-type energy in us. And, and people might call that extreme, you know, hearing that initially, like, oh, come on, you know, what's <laughs> a few ants in the world? This is life form because when we're doing this, we're also taking pieces of our own life because we're connected, okay? So there's some big parallels here in this piece. And what they also set in motion with this through chemical use is they're also setting in motion for more natural disasters to happen on the earth. Think about that. So it's actually, that is one of the pieces. Those in command are setting forth an energy that will, they are convincing you, is favorable for you, and that is setting natural disasters in motion. So even if you grow the most beautiful crops, what difference does it make if the tornado hits them and wipes them out? Creating, again, this turbulence, turbulence, turbulence into the earth. And it's a risky game to play, right? Because this is the mole energy. When you're playing these different sides, saying, ha, 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 look at what we're doing on one side, and then you're running the other side going, oh, look at how great this is going to be for you. You're playing two sides. 
and it becomes risky. So we have to make sure that we're not just playing games out there because natural disasters really affect a lot of lives, a lot of lives, and we're seeing a lot of them around the earth. And those that want to catch up with some of these things, too, when I talk about, you know, I had a show not very long ago that was on natural disasters and and that type of thing, looking at the codes of earthquakes, tornadoes, and hurricanes, and things like that. So, uh, so definitely something to keep in mind. Now, a big piece that people don't often think about is that of construction and building in here. Now, um, this goes hand in hand. Let me jump back a little bit when we, before I delve into that. Chemical use on Earth and how that connects directly with Earth actually now also sets in another uh, aspect that is, you know, ironically, on one hand, it is founded in success, uh, but it also is a powerful thing. So what this is doing is it's actually trying to build on the ego. It's people in charge that are trying to show their their success, um, that they are trying to find happiness and will tend to to get this. So they, they feed it through the ego is what they're doing. Um, look at this. Your crops will grow. Therefore, you'll have more money. Therefore, you'll be able to provide better for your family. You're going to have success, blah, 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 blah. Well, sure, yeah, it creates success, but at what cost? You know, here again. So that was the cause of that. So, okay. Building and construction. This goes hand in hand with removing nature. And when we remove nature, we have soil depletion. Every time we're digging into the ground. I remember when I was living in Arizona, and one of the things we always had to be careful of is when people would start to do construction work because when they start to do construction work, it would stir up both scorpions around. <laughs> and if you've ever lived someplace that's scorpion infested, it's not a fun thing at all. <laughs> it is not fun to deal with. And and that's what would happen every time the you know, the soil would, would get stirred up from the construction area. So you know, these things when we start to look at that, here again, building is supposed to be about learning from our past mistakes. And and through the buildings and stuff, and now granted we do have more and more coming up that are sustainable living, working with recycled products and things like this um, to to build from a wiser space on things. But when we combine that, you know, again, with Earth, we're kind of looking at some of those power pieces in there, people that are wanting to take control. Um, this is coming down from those that are still called higher up. And, and, and why would they want to do this? So you know, they've learned enough that, hey, if we put a building up here and a building up there, we can gain more revenue. We can move people wherever we want to move them to by building and things. Uh, construction. Construction is an interesting piece as well because, here again, that relates to people who want to command nation. These, this is about people who are wanting to control lives. These are people who are wanting people to basically bow down to them and listen to them. And so when they build and they do this construction, 
what they're doing is that they are feeding their own power sources, if you want to say that. They're feeding their own ability to be the influencing piece, so to say. Now, the challenging part of that is that it's very easy. A lot of the people that are doing those things also tend to listen to a lot of people and oftentimes will get bad advice. (laughs) So it's a really interesting switch in there with that. Um, When we look at construction happening on Earth, uh, here again it comes back to that upheaval, that destruction. Uh, Sure, we have dominion. Sure, we can set up a building. Sure, we can do that. But power misused wrecks havoc. And, And what happens if you get a bunch of people, for example, in a, in a big city area, right, we've seen this plenty of times, let's take New York, you put up a whole bunch of buildings, you do a whole bunch of construction there, right? So now you've got all this, this power going on, but the power is being misused because they've directed all these people here. Well, that eventually creates rebellion. That eventually creates a people and destruction going on. And what happens is, Oftentimes, the bigger the city, the, the higher the crime rate, right? The, the more um, graffiti and various other things that are done that continue to create issues for our earth. Um, it places you in a position of, of the unknown and the unexpected energy vibration, and what does that do for a lot of people? That places a lot of people in fear, right? If the average person is not comfortable with the unknown or the unexpected or living on the edge and not knowing what they have to work with tomorrow or things like that. And so they get into the fear space. And what does that happen? It disconnects you from spirit. You get into fear and then you're more prone to get aggressive and more angry and go into all of that whole cycle of emotions. Well, what does that do? It makes you easier to program. It makes you easier <laughs> to follow the command, so to say, and be the soldier as opposed to being the divine light. It makes you robotic is what it does. Um, so, so a big thing that we have to pay attention to. Now, when we look at either removing nature or soil depletion, which you can't build and construct things unless you are removing trees, changing plant life, all of those types of things, Um, you're you're not going to erupt a structure without leveling up land and doing these things. There's going to be nature that you're going to remove, right? So when we look at these, these code into energy that's all about trial and treachery and difficulty and about silencing people, right? Silencing those who particularly want to speak maybe about, you know, light coming back onto the earth, you know. Maybe they want to speak about um, being independent, like I'm doing, (laughs) telling you how to be independent, right, to speak for yourself type of thing, right? So they want to silence that. And and where does this come from? This particular energy uh, specifically comes in through our occult and secret societies. So now you're starting to talk about Illuminati. Now you're starting to talk about some of the other secret societies that we've all heard about that are connected to those that are in command and control of, of political offices or things like that. And, 
and those kinds of pieces. So the removing of nature is really agendas that are related to those secret societies to silence us. And why is that? Because nature has this amazing, incredible connection. Nature is the redemptive energy. And this is why, you know, even if you look at it, the spiritual advisors, again, they went to nature. I always find it ironic when they they talk about this temple or that temple or things like that, that Christ was always clearing the temples. He was destroying them because it wasn't about it. He, He was letting us know in those days and times we're not to be constructing these types of things on earth. We should be communing with nature. We should we should be paying attention to that and that nature is the where the Christ consciousness is going to return from. So if we connect these pieces, what better way to suppress and silence, that's what this is, the lion muzzled, which is the Christ consciousness returning to the earth, than to remove nature. And the more we remove and the more buildings that we put in, then then the more we shut down that energy. It's a pretty powerful thing to think about it when you when you look at it. And when we look at how this codes to earth, this is one of the most dangerous things that we can do here is to remove nature. Because what that creates is it creates contradictions contradictions, again, opposition, competition, conflict having to begin life over and over again, okay? And and we've seen it through a couple of different periods on Earth, right, where the whole axis shifted and then certain life forms were just automatically frozen and done and other things came up. Well, that's kind of what we would be looking at again and, and we're close to creating an axis shift in a sense. And, you know, that could be something that takes us uh, out. So, you know, all of these things that is this incredible existence that we could be living are likely to be taken away unless we provide for the future. And where does our future come from? It comes from nature. It's a huge, it's a huge piece to consider. Now, when we look at, and, and I want to watch my time, so I may jump a couple of things and then, you know, come back to them depending on how our time is flowing. But one of the things that's been really big in the news lately, right, has been the poisoning of water. And this has been a big thing, and we've seen poisoning of our water sources in many ways. Lead content being highly increased to the point kids can't drink the water at their schools. Uh, you know, this is a dangerous risk when we put people in dehydration because that creates all kinds of issues in the physical body from cancer to, you know, all kinds of of just illnesses, and it, and it breaks down the immune system and acidifies the body, and oh, it goes on and on and on and on, but it can do. So the poisoning of water is a huge issue for us to consider as well. And when we look at this, it comes back, and the reflection that we're seeing in this is, again, poisoning of the water is saying we need to take responsibility. Where we do not take responsibility we will be destroyed and brought to our knees and humbled beyond belief. Okay? So that's a big piece. It also, again, is showing us um, that there is this conflict going on. It also is showing us that um, 
not only will that happen, but that our very materialism, our vices, and, and our vices are the materialism side, they go hand in hand, is striving to destroy the spiritual and it's getting the upper edge. So it's literally telling us we need to start being responsible because, hello, your addictions, your materialism is destroying your spiritual peace. Okay? And what happens when materialism gets the upper hand? A lot of what we're seeing in the world right now happens. A lot of family quarrels, really bitter arguments, war, social upheaval, revolution, money being funded through wars or money coming through wars or quarrels, which we see a lot of this, right? A couple of countries go to battle and then all of a sudden it creates jobs or it creates this or it creates that. Money, 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 money. And, and leading us to believe that the only way we can get money is through wars and, and killing people and doing these horrendous choices. It also shows us that there's a lot of treachery, a lot of deception going on by others. And it's also showing us that we are exposing ourselves to a lot of danger from the elements. Okay? And it's a big warning. You've got to use care. You've got to use caution. Okay? And, and when we see the poisoning of the waters, okay, I don't, I, however you want to relate that in a sense, whether that's blood, whether that's Fukushima and, you know, that, that whole piece of radioactivity in our ocean. When we start poisoning the waters, it's the Earth's way of telling us, hello, you have a lot of deception, and the people that are behind this are tremendously deceiving you. You've got to wake up. You've got to take responsibility. Because if you don't, it's going to get a whole lot worse. If you do take the responsibility, if you do pay attention, you can turn this around. You can still have an opportunity for some great things. But it's also warning us you've stepped out, you've crossed the threshold. And as a collective, we have stepped away from our spiritual life. As a collective, we're not giving it enough. We've put too much emphasis on the materialism. We've stepped too far into grief with things. So when we bring this together, and of course, lead being one of the big key factors, lead also is, again, about people who are taking dominion, creating upheaval, creating destruction, power misuse coming through. And again, what is that doing? It's putting us in fear. It's turbulent. You think about the oceans being turbulent. Well, guess what? It's because there's turbulence being created on this earth. So until we each start choosing, and and it doesn't have to take thousands of people at one time. It starts with you. Because when you start choosing your calm, other people will remember it. They'll see it in you. You've got to hold consistent to that. And then that opens our heart, and then that opens other people's heart. And it cascades very fast once it gets going. But it takes each of us just kind of choosing to say, hey, I'm going to be a mistake. I'm going to come from love. I'm going to honor integrity. I'm going to honor spiritualism. I'm going to honor this aspect of life, and I'm not going to let the material rule me. Okay, so it's already showing there's deception, and we got to pay attention here. 
because things are not what they seem. They're not this cheery, rosy world. But then, you know, things are not as great as we're, you know, as we'd like to see them at times. So we've got to pay attention. Again, that drops us back into those fear spaces. Now, when we bring this together and here and we connect it to the earth and what's happening to the earth, here again, it cycles back around to some of the power sources. Um, it cycles around to people that want control, people that are showing their mental superiority. Look, do you think you're going to define me? Look, do you think this? Do you think that? I'll show you who's smarter. I'll just poison your waters. Yeah, go figure that. Then let's see how smart you are, right? So um, the reflection in this, too, is also about reminding us that we are all powerful and that we are incredibly intelligent and that we are mentally superior in a lot of ways. But we also got to think about how are we using that mental superiority, okay? Certainly, we can think a lot more than maybe some of the other life forms, but in some ways, we're no smarter or no less because they operate in a wisdom that we, a lot of humans, aren't using, the plants and the animals. Okay, because because they don't play some of the same games in a sense. So it's definitely something for us to to think about and to keep in mind with that. How are we using that mental superiority? You know, are we truly using it to just say, "Hey, I'm going to create this great invention. I'm going to make a million dollars, and it's all about money, 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 and materialism," or are we going to really truly use it? in some way that benefits loss outside of the control. Now, another piece that I want to address while we're on this topic is the radioactivity in oceans. And, you know, this is a big piece because here again, we're, we're looking at some different aspects. We're looking at aspects of... Um, what do we say, uh, reminding us that, you know, people who are, are initiating these things, it, it's almost like they're trying to tell us, I've been promised authority, I've been promised command. Um, I'm very creative in, in doing this, and I have the ability to succeed and carry out my own plans. Now, even though there are people that are using that in a negative way, it's also a reflection and a reminder to us that we also can be very creative, that we also hold the ability to command power, that we also can carry out our own plan. We're really not as subservient and dependent upon the elite or whoever you want to say as we're led to believe. You know, they try to play our fears, they try to play our deceptions, but when it comes down to it, they're a very, very small percentage of the people on this earth. <laughs> and when you start to enter this heart space, when you start to enter this compassion space, and you stop feeding all of that, and you get down to what's real and what is truly important, it all shifts because, you know what, they're always going to change in order to try to get our attention. They're always, they're always looking for the love. It's, it's very interesting. They're looking for the acceptance. And, and so we have a lot more power than we give ourselves credit for. 
But also in this is another piece that, um, you know, again, is saying help is coming down or this was supported by people in power um, to affect the average and common person. Uh, in other words, maybe your middle class person, your family person, um, the person that is going through life happy with mundane, if you want to say that. So it was designed to hit that particular class. And when it comes together, it's very interesting because it came together in a way that was played as success, actually. Um, what this really was about was a success in somebody getting some sort of advancement, recognition, honors as a result of doing this. Um, it was like a lot of things that they kind of tested and kept trying and trying and trying until they actually created the successfulness. And people will say, well, how can you say that? Because, you know, that stimulated from an earthquake and then that created this and that created that. Yeah, but let's look at maybe where that earthquake came from. <laughs> You know, that earthquake, again, remember, is coming from the shifting of the earth, which came from some other piece that was stimulated or triggered uh, by somebody. So this was a big power play piece. Now, when we, again, connect that to the earth, it starts to show us more about that power piece, about where that came from. And here again, it comes back to the great deception. Well, what is you know, what is the great deception, great warnings, and, you know, unexpected danger. Well, certainly that was the case, right? Who would expect a tsunami to hit and, you know, send radioactive <laughs> material through the Pacific Ocean? That was certainly unexpected, right? How could any of us plan for that? Well, guess what's also with that? Grief, deception, treachery, trials, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of that involved in that. So, you know, a lot of people want to point fingers and say, oh, you guys didn't protect that plant, that nuclear plant well enough or these sorts of things. But guess what? The people pointing the fingers oftentimes are the people that are behind it. You know, this was appeared to make look as an accident. This was a successful maneuver for somebody. This was not a just wild, random, hey, you know, tsunami weather pattern thing hit. This is something that had been attempted many times before it created the success level. So, you know, this this is a big, big piece, and it, and it shows us there is deception happening. Things might look like they're accidents, and they're not accidents. And where are we being deceptive? We need to take a very strong look at that because that pattern runs through um, several of these things. And a lot of us would say, I'm not deceptive, I'm not, you know, maybe we're not on an intentional level, but when you really start delving deep into it, how many of us tell a little white lie? How many of us don't tell somebody what's going on so that we can keep the upper hand in something? How many of us, you know, I could go on and on. There's a lot of little layers of deception in there that we utilize without even thinking about it. So it's a, it's a big reflection for us to start to take a look at. Now, uh, the Greenland, in Greenland's ice sheet is melting early. And this is a big concern because this can throw a lot of balance off in the water. 
Uh, this can throw a lot of balance off in the axis, in the, in the earth rotations and things like that, in the um, everything. You know, in a way, the ice sheet melting early is kind of like the lymphatic system going on start and stop, <laughs> which I just did a video about the lymphatic system this week. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of a similar thing. And when you get too much melting too fast, things start to shut down and block, and they're going to react to that. Uh, well, when we when we look at these pieces, you know, certainly there's some divine things in motion. Um, the earth is trying to regain some success. Um, it's bringing some things to completion. But it's also saying that here again, it's bringing up our piece about the fool that we need to start paying attention because we trust too much to the point that we are not being proactive in our own processes. We're not being co-creative in the processes here. And that we only will awaken in danger. And so this is about creating a danger for human life in order to get us to awaken. So, you know, we can sit there and say, great, it's part of the ascension process. Great, it's part of the awakening. <laughs> right? On the other hand, no, there's a whole heck of a lot of danger that is here. And it's warning us that, hey, you're in danger, and that's followed up with it's time to implement lessons that you've learned. It's time to start learning. It's time to start paying attention. It's time to sit still and start observing what is really going on. And what happens is because we've been operating in the pool, we have another piece because it's happening early. What that is about is that is telling us that we will be the sacrifice if need be. We will go as a human collective if need be if we don't change our choices. Not about the earth exploding like we've seen in past civilizations of Lemuria or things like that. We are going to be kicked off because earth has a mortal energy and it's showing us that if we do not act from this wisdom that the end result in this pattern flow will be, we will go. Now, as we come that, bring that back together, again, it is reminding us that there's two pieces at play. We have the ability to command things to be different if we choose to do that. And it also shows that there are those who are commanding nations involved in this early ice melting. And if we stop and we start paying attention, we'll know exactly where that's coming from and who it is. Pretty big piece for us to take a look at. Uh, the other, another really big concern that we have going on right now in our Earth, oh, and let's, let's look at how that goes specifically with Earth in there. That brings in another energy that Earth says, you know what, basically what's going to happen is if I have to take command of the situation, the material stuff is going out the window, okay? So you better start figuring out how to let go of your possessions now because this material stuff is not working for me, okay? These, these, these material damage stuff where, we're, you know, we put such a, a focus on using all these things that are about our own materialism, our own greed, 
and not living from nature more. Well, guess what? Earth says no more. I'm gonna I'm gonna toss this into the spiritual realm whether you like it or not. And I'm gonna isolate you in it and it's warning us through this action. There will be some isolation. People, cultures, civilizations might get isolated off. Probably will get isolated off. And it's gonna start stranding people. Okay? So we gotta be very, very careful. And again, not some of the the hidden motives between stimulating this because here again, if those that are in power and command are creating an early ice sheet melting, okay, and they isolate us off, it's much easier to control us if we're isolated and not communicating or unable to communicate. The great the Great Barrier Reef, and they, they talk about that getting worse. They talk about what is happening there um, is the loss of coral life, and coral life is really important on this planet. Um, the, the term that they use for it is called coral leaching, and what happens is the nutrients are being pulled out of the coral itself and the coral is one of those things that's in the ocean that helps to purify our waters. I mean, you might have even heard of some of these things where people are trying to profit from it, and it's like, hey, we found this algae in the ocean, and it cures cancer now, and, and you know, that's all great and fine, but, you know, we still don't want to give it to you for free <laughs> because, you know, it's not really about healing you. It's about, you know, we got to have this profit going and things. So, um you know, when we look at this, this is a big thing because without the coral in there, uh, our our oceans start to develop such a heavy level of pollution. It creates so much weight on the earth. Um, it, it's not detoxifying and creating the various things that the water needs to support the life forms uh, that are in the water. And it shifts the water to a point that is unusable. For us, uh, so it's a big, a big piece in this. Now, coral bleaching. What happens um, in here? And and I'm just kind of taking a look at a couple of things here. Um, the coral reef in general really is about us. It's a power source. It's a power source. It's an energy kind of vortex um, area that reminds us that that we have command of ourselves. And so it's natural that that would be the area that's under attack right now as we see so much of this struggle for the spiritual and the material and that conflict in the material trying to take over. We're seeing a lot of attacks in areas that remind us that, we, that we're all powerful, so to say. And when we, we look at this process of coral bleaching, which happens from heat, it is the way that it triggers the coral bleaching uh, factor in there. Um, it, it again reminds us that this is an energy of opposition. It's an energy of competition. It's an energy of forcing a new beginning. And as we know, things never really work very well when they're done through force. Um, it's about contradiction. It's about uh, taking things away unless we start, again, providing for our future. 
Um, this is about trusting others to do things, and then they betray us, basically, uh, is what happens in this, this pattern. So the coral bleaching is a, is a really huge thing. Um, another piece that happens with the coral energy is that it's a strange accident and fatality energy that is involved in this. Um, and, and that's, you know, here again, it, it's appearing that way, but here again, without the coral um, in the ocean, it, it's pretty much going to wipe us out in a lot of ways um, in there. So, it's, it, again, it's, call, it's about a call for us to find our own power within. And when we combine this specifically with the energy of the Great Barrier Reef, what we find is we bring in what's known as the wheel of fortune energy, which means that however we are using power on this earth, whether we're using it to love and to heal, or whether we're using it to try to control people and for greed and you know all these other things, that's up to us. But, but the outcome that we receive is based on how we're using power. So power misused is going to create a very unfortunate uh, future or set of circumstances for us. Power used favorably um, in compassion is a whole other realm, and that will fulfill us with a whole realm of blessings. And what's very interesting to me is to see this happening at this point in time given the natural transition when we're at that turning point of starting new cycles in a, at the end of this year and going into 2017. Um, you know, here again, I've talked about that on other shows about trying to gain control or power or things like that, resources and various other things. So when we look at these pieces, what we're doing with power right now and how we use our own personal power will greatly influence the results that we're going to get. Um, that's not just a basic cause, law, cause and effect type of thing or law of um, attraction type of thing, but it's heavy-duty stuff. Right now, right now we're riding that wheel of fortune, and, and the wheel of fortune can go either way. It can go very dark or it can go incredibly full of blessings. So it comes down to what are we going to choose? And we choose, you know, what we choose is based on what we hold in our hearts and the thoughts that we hold in our minds. And when we connect this with the energy of the earth, here again, it's saying, you, you know, it's basically warning us right now, you're on the path of being foolish. And it's going to take great danger before you're going to awaken, and that's where you're headed. Um, that's a big pattern of what we're, you know, what we're seeing in this. But it's also saying, on the other hand, <laughs> on the other hand, you don't have to go down this path of illusion and the fool's paradise. Okay, you can go down a path that uses your intelligence. It uses your creativity that allows things to flourish and provides for an incredible future. So that magnifies, in a way, that kind of real fortune energy that I was just talking about um, in here. 
So we have a lot going on, you know, crumbling earth and sinkholes that are happening. And, of course, sinkholes are a very big piece. Again, it's trying to tell us, learn from your lessons, learn from your trials and tribulations right now. What is the reflection you're going to hold? And, and we think about, you know, what is the reflection we're going to hold? Well, we need to hold the light. We need to hold the love. We need to hold that heart-centered space. And that's what we're being called to do is hold the connection and be that reflection for other people so that even if they're not the most loving people operating with the greatest integrity, we should still be offering that reflection out to the world, to the earth, to others, because when we do that, it reminds them of their true essence. It reminds them who they truly are. And that is this piece of one. That is the piece of fullness. That is the piece of love. And when we stand in this, it allows us to make a connection with the earth. It allows us to make a sort of partnership, if you want to say. And that also, to a certain extent, can offer us a certain amount of protection, in a way, um, because we make that alignment, because we, we provide that exchange. But I want you to think about that. Think about as you go through the week and you hear, because the news these days is bringing up so many powerful, turbulent things. This person's passing away. That person's passing away. This is going on, you know, just, and it's, and it's constant. You know, I've talked about that. This is a year where it's going to be very constant of these things happening. And, I want you to think to yourself, if you could do it, just take that moment. And even if, you know, it's great if you can actually put your hands and feet barefoot or bare to the ground and make that connection that way. Um, but you can also walk through grass, you know, hopefully you can, you know, spray chemicals all over your grass or something, but you can walk through your grass. You can, you know, be immersed in water. Just get out, take a walk in nature. Get yourself out to natural spots, whether you just sit on a beach or near a river or creek or a lake or, you know, get yourself into some trees or any of that. And even if you can't, you can go there in your mind. You know, you can go there in your mind and stop and pause and make that connection. And just when you see these things come up, stop and shift your space consciously and say, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to close my eyes for a minute. And I'm going to radiate love out of my heart. And, and when we radiate out of our heart to the earth, it is like the big giant namaste, okay, because they operate on the same frequency. And it shows that when you come from your heart, you are on the same frequency of the earth. And when you enter that space, you're entering peace. You're entering love. You're entering blessings. You're entering an amazing, amazing space. And every time you do this and you get in the habit of doing this, you create a shift for the earth. You give the earth something to take hold of and to work with and to make things restore here. Earth is naturally meant to restore itself. 
But when we live in these other spaces of fear and anxiety and greed and the so-called seven deadly sins, or the seven vices, we're depleting that. So don't feel powerless, and that's because you are full of power. And as I said, stop and do that. And I'd love for everybody just to breathe for a moment because this has been a lot of big, heavy, well, not always heavy information, but a lot of information to take in. And stop for a moment and just feel the energy, tune into the energy of your heart space. And if you want to, you can even put your hands right over your heart. I like to do that a lot. I like to put my left hand over my heart and then put my right hand over my left hand and let that circle of energy go through. And it just kind of centers me in my heart space. And take a couple of breaths with that. And just send out an embrace to the earth. Just send out an I love you to the earth. And send out gratitude that says, you know what, I really appreciate you letting me be here and enjoy the amazing things that are on this planet. And I really appreciate that there are so many incredible, beautiful spaces to explore. And what's powerful is when we put our thoughts in that manner, the universe responds to us and says, you think that's really incredible? Let me show you something more incredible. You think that's really beautiful? Let me show you something more beautiful. And this is how we pray. This is how we pray by recognizing the beauty and the wholeness, not the victim's face. And when we sit there and we hear of these natural disasters occurring around the world and we hear of the fracking and we hear of these depletion of things, what we want to do is stop and not think of it as a victim, but to stop and just spend love. Say, I'm just so grateful for all the amazing things you share with us as human beings, all the amazing things you offer you. And that is what's going to turn the world around. That is what's going to open an amazing, amazing power. And when you allow yourself to really feel what the earth is feeling, because we do, we get it inside of us. Look at us, how many of us are feeling dehydrated these days. Right? We talk about so much of the water is gone from the earth. Well, so much of us now dehydrate very quickly too. And the chemicals are sprayed in the air, it hydrates the water out. And without the water, you know, that's a tough that's a tough thing here. It's a tough shift to make. So when we stop and we do that, we just recognize we recognize the gifts that are here. We recognize the blessing to be able to explore the incredible things that are here. This is a big piece. And this is why we say get out of the city. <laughs> you know, find your piece of nature. A lot of cities are developing nature trails now, which is really, really great. Because it not only restores our natural rhythms and memories and internal personal power, but it provides connection. And that's 
big piece. We don't ever want to forget that connection. And when we choose to see the beauty and acknowledge the beauty, we're going to get more of that. So the next time you listen to something and you think, I don't have any power, I can't change this, I want you to think again and say, yes, I can. I can change this because I can get into my heart. And I can feel and I can give love. If I have no material possession on the face of this earth, if I don't have a job, if I don't have a home to live in, if I didn't have any of those things, I could still give love and compassion. So think about that. I hope you'll take that thought forward with you throughout the upcoming week. And I hope that you realize that just like a birthday, you know, every day is a celebration of life. And just like birthdays, there are celebration of our life. Day is celebration of Earth's life. And that's something we should be celebrating each and every day, not just one day out of the year. It's like holding giving and love and compassion in our hearts. It's what we do every day of the year, not just with the seasons and the holidays and the flying presents. Something we want to give every single day. And you know what? Just as we did right here and now, it doesn't take very long. A few seconds, a minute or two, it doesn't take long at all. And you bring yourself into an incredible space that aligns with that peace and that love. And people will remember you, you know, when you come from that space. You'll be well remembered by others. Ah, deep breath, <laughs> right? Lots to think about, lots to sit with over the next week. And talking about next week, we're going to continue into some of this beautiful, incredible um, energy that we've been delving in today, honoring the earth. And, uh, of course, next week what we're doing is we're coming up on the time of May Day celebration, which is a turning point, a seasonal turning point in the year. And those that have been listening to my show for a while know that one of the key things I love to do in this turning point of the year is to bring on musicians. And I do it about eight times a year, if possible. And um, next week I have an amazing vocalist coming on the show. She is incredible. She does a lot of work with the Enneagram and a very, very beautifully authentic person, and her name is Katie Taylor. And the type of music that she does is medieval chant and Celtic music. And um, a lot of her work stimulated out of the work of Hildegard von Bingham. And so um, she's dealing also with some very ancient wisdom and ways and practices. And um, so we're going to be celebrating a little bit of the goddess energy, if you want to say that. Um, through this method next next week, um, honoring a little bit of Brigitte and listening to what Katie has to say and share about what she's doing. Uh, you can catch up with all the work I'm doing. As I mentioned before, I have a brand new video that I just released in the last couple of days. Um, you can catch up with my books and, and monthly specials and all of those really cool, cool things. Uh, that are going on in the events. I know, like I said, I haven't really been posting events, but I've been really 
doing a lot of collective things, and I'm doing so much shifting in my own life this year right now, uh, working on relocating to a place that's more favorably coded for me and things like this um, that I, I haven't posted a lot, but I do want to mention that I'll be out in the Southern California area the end of June, early July timeframe. And so um, I am available for speaking engagements. And, uh, you know, if you have a, a very small group and you say, you know, hey, if it works in your schedule, can you come and talk? I might be open to doing that. And um, I, I look at each case individually. I don't have any specific set rates necessarily. I just look at each case. And I've been known to speak to groups for free if they really move me with what they're doing. And, you know, it's not all about the money in there. So if you've got something going on, let me know. Um, but I am also available for some paid work. Uh, if, if you have a group that you'd like me to meet with and we can delve into codes or things like that, um, that would be another aspect. So, again, if you're coming and going between Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and Los Angeles, <laughs> or you're in the Los Angeles region, um, definitely open to, to making those connections in there and, um, and coming in and meeting you in person. And, and I may have an event going on out there. I have not gotten the final um, confirmation on it, so... Uh, I just have to have to wait. It's kind of up in the air, and um, but I have some great things under motion. So you want to watch those pages as well. Anyways, moving on. Also, don't uh, forget to check out uh, what Embraced by the Divine is all about. There's so much more than a book, and there's so many amazing things happening with it. And you can check that out at embracedbythedivine.com. We're also on Facebook, and um, lots of incredible, interesting people with incredible stories and journeys that are a part of that. Um, in there, and then April's special deal, by the way, if you purchase the ebook version of either Activating Compassion or You Need Life Dreams, which is my book on relationships, I will send you the accompanying workbook absolutely free. So that's worth taking advantage of. Don't forget also we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe throughout the week. Janice has been doing her show on Reflections and Rhythms. Susan Weave continues on Tuesday nights. Um, we still get the flagship show off and on on Wednesday nights, and we have people popping in and out all the time. <laughs> um, Mary Phelan's going to be coming back into the network, it looks like, doing a show maybe once a month or so. Uh, Darren Bucare comes on um, every now and then, and, uh, you know, of course, he's a reader at Madame Laveau in New Orleans, and he shares his insights on different things there, so that can be very interesting. Hey, this is Jesse Ann Nichols-Georgian. I want to thank you so much for being here today, and thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Love Talk Radio, but those that are streaming live on Penn, known as Fair Encounters Network, Stream Finder, and Talk Stream Live, and those catching our podcast at iTunes and TuneIn.com, as well as those catching the YouTube version of the show through my YouTube channel. I also look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into Code Connection. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed the show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archives so that they can listen to it at their convenience. I'm going to leave you today with the song Yearning For, also known as Over and Over. It's by Shemshai. Don't forget to check out their work, www.shemshai.com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Code Connection. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend. And have a truly amazing week. And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind. 
And to touch what seems unreal Just to show you the way that I feel And we are in time with time One with season of change inside And we are in tune with the two Caught in a balance of sun and moon Oh, deep inside The light within Shining to show you It's here to begin When all I have Is all I need I will soar to the edge of me Still 
up, it's still burning Deep in your spirit, your heart is still yearning for Over and over, life is your lover Learning to walk just a little bit slower Whispering secrets, bet you can't keep it No turning back now, this time we repeat it Yeah. Okay. 